Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. All right, let's get in the Word. Father, I thank you for your Word. Thank you for the promise that it produces. I thank you for life. I thank you, Father, that no matter what we're going through, you never leave us nor forsake us. You are faithful in every part of our lives. You're faithful here in Gainesville, and you're faithful in Peru. You're faithful in Honduras. You're faithful in Russia. You're faithful in China. To our friends, Joshua and Angel, you're faithful, Father, in Israel. Lord, you are a faithful, loving, and good God. And today, as we focus on that for a few moments, I pray your anointing will touch the hearts of anyone that's sitting in this room that doesn't know you, or anyone that's watching online today or throughout this week on a podcast, Father, that they will come, even as Franco just said, there are so many out there searching because they've seen and heard so many lies, and they're waking up. There's a stirring Holy Spirit that you're doing in people's lives and hearts, and you're preparing their heart to search for the deeper truth, the truth which is Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. So today I'm thankful for the privilege of bringing your word and declare your anointing to be great upon it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Over the last few weeks, as I have been uh, going through this battle, and um, I want to just publicly thank my wife for her patience. I am not a good patient, and uh, I have uh, definitely dealt with uh, some moodiness um, when I don't feel well, and my wife has been gracious. Uh, She's driven me back and forth from the house we're staying to the clinic and back. It's about an hour drive each way uh, every day. We're very thankful for the homes that have been provided for us um, down there. It's been, a, it's been miraculous, saved us thousands of dollars. And, uh, but I do honor my wife for um, just being her. <laughs> Psalm chapter 27, I want to read a few verses because I've been pondering Uh, in the midst of what I've been going through and what so many of you are going through, knowing uh, the struggles that many in our house deal with uh, on a regular basis. We live in a real world where God is good and the devil is bad. Can you say amen to that? God is good. Don't ever forget that. In the midst of what Israel went through, don't let somebody try to tell you where was God in this. Because what was going on was the devil was in this and wickedness and evil. God is good. He was good when Jesus was born and Herod sent the Roman soldiers and killed all the little boys under the age of two. God was still good. That was wicked and evil. What happened in Israel a couple of weeks ago was wicked and evil. What's going on on many of the campuses in the United States of America from people standing up and supporting and congratulating uh, uh, the, the Hamas group for doing something they thought was worthy is wicked and evil. But God is good. And his goodness is everlasting. And one day, maybe in our lifetime, I don't know, God's going to have had enough 
And he's going to say to Jesus, it's time. Right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, and he does not yet know the time. I believe Jesus is anxious to come back for us. And I believe maybe in our lifetime, the Lord will have enough, and he will say, go get your bride. Man, I'd love to be alive when that happens. Come on, somebody. I don't know all about all the theology that goes with it. I grew up with the rapture theology. Man, we were scared. The hell was scared out of us every Sunday. <laughs> You're going to be left behind. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I wouldn't even play Monopoly. It made me think about hell. I'm going to get left behind. One little sin, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I mean, that's what I grew up in, fear. It wasn't a love of God, it was a fear of God. Man, I, I just kept seeing everybody being sucked up through the roof and me being left behind trying to grab hold of somebody. <laughs> don't, don't leave me. <laughs> so, man, every Sunday I got saved. I don't know about y'all, I don't know how you grew up, but every Sunday I got saved. And I, and I needed to <laughs> because my salvation wasn't based on the knowledge of the faithfulness of God. My, 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 my striving was because of the fear of hell. Now, can I tell you something? The fear of hell is an awesome thing to have. You, you need a fear of hell. You need to open up your eyes, read the word of God and find out hell is not where you and your friends are going to be partying. Not going to be any partying in hell. There's going to be gnashing of teeth, maggots coming out of a body that burns but never consumed. Wickedness and evil. God never made that for you and I. He never created that for us. And he prays, Jesus is making intercession for every unbeliever. Praying that we will make a decision to turn to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. A good, good God. We ought to sing that again sometime soon, Jamie. A good, good God who is faithful. Faithful with his word, faithful with his spirit, faithful with his presence. Faithful to gather us and allow us to worship him. He is so worthy to be worshiped. And in the midst of this battle that I've been walking through, I've been meditating on how good God is. When I feel like crapola, God's still good. When you get a bad report from your banker, God is still good. When you're struggling in your marriage, and we have a marriage gathering for those of you that were smart enough to sign up. For those of you that didn't, I'm sorry, we're all sold out. And uh, this week, we're going to have an incredible time with our friends Bob and Audrey. We're going to be encouraged. Some people say, I, I, I don't need that. Well, you're probably the one that needs it the most. If we talk to your spouse, they would probably tell us that. We're, we're, we're gathering so that we can encourage each other, strengthen our marriages, work on our marriages, get help for our marriage, encourage others at our table. 
They're going through stuff. We're not just there to get. We're there to give. Can I tell you, if you're married, all hell's against you. That's why the divorce rate in the church is pretty much the same as it is in the world. Because the church hasn't woken up and realized we have an enemy and it's Satan. It's not my wife. It's not my husband. It's really not even me. It's Satan who is against me. God is never glorified in divorce. Ever. Now, sometimes it has to happen. Sometimes you're just married to an absolute demon. Some of you think you are right now. You're not. <laughs> you're focusing on the wrong thing. That's why we're providing what we're providing this week. Time together. Time to be encouraged. Time to look inward. Time to accept that. Anybody in here besides me ever selfish? Let me just, anybody? By nature. And so there are times when we have to deal with us, with self. And so we're going to do that this week, and we're looking forward. And for all of you singles that have volunteered to help, thank you so much. If you're single and you haven't volunteered to help, you're missing a great opportunity. You can actually hear what we're going to be told while you're serving, and uh, it'll be a great opportunity for you to be blessed and serve the married couples of the house. Maybe you need to help with some child care, or maybe you need to help uh, serve tables. We're going to have a big banquet Friday night here. We're looking forward to it. We're going to have a great time because God is good. Amen. And he loves us and he loves our marriages and he wants us to be encouraged and helped in every way. So as we meditate in the midst of bad stuff, are we going to meditate on the goodness of God or are we going to meditate on the bad stuff that the world has to offer? Psalm 27, I want to read you a few verses, like the whole chapter. <laughs> the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me. How many of you have ever felt like you got an army encamped about you? Some of you are going through things in your marriage and you think, oh my gosh, it's not just my husband or just my wife. I think all the demons in hell are lined up with my spouse. Though an army encamp against me, listen to this, the psalmist writes, my heart shall not fear. You know why the psalmist is writing this? Because he's going through a battle. <laughs> he's not writing this psalm because everything's hunky-dory. He's writing this because he knows what it's like to go through a battle. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. This last week I went into the clinic and uh, what verse did I just start reading? Somebody just remind me in a second. I went into the clinic, and uh, the, the first few weeks, Suzanne and I were uh, there for the chemo treatment. Uh, there were two ladies that uh, had come in uh, and were being treated. They were starting the same day I was starting. And um, one of them, a beautiful young lady, 
maybe 50 years old, just a few weeks before she was having stomach issues and went to a doctor and was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer and given really no hope. And her son goes to Southeastern uh, University. Uh, Suzanne and I remember it as Southeastern Bible College, Bridal College. Um, <laughs> and she was sharing with me how her 21-year-old son began to search. And he said to her, Mama, God's not through with you. Young kid in nursing school at Southeastern University. So he starts searching all across the United States, Mexico, around the world. Where can mom go get treated? And 40 miles away in Clearwater, he finds this clinic. And he calls and gets an appointment for his mother. She goes, meets with Dr. Minkoff, and she's expecting negativity and we're sorry. And, and he says to her, ma'am, we don't care if it's stage one or stage four. We're going to treat it exactly the same way because it's God that heals. Come on, somebody. You want a doctor who knows how to talk. The week after I met with Dr. Minkoff, he left and was gone for four weeks, and he's a triathlete. He's 70-something years old, and he's got about 40 banners of running uh, triathlons. He's a monster. <laughs> and uh, so I thought he was off on another uh, uh, walking, biking, swimming, whatever they do in triathlons. I can't even spell that word. Um, so the week before last, I went in for my kind of mid-stage appointment with him to go over my labs and to go through everything. And, and, and I said, so did you win another ribbon? And he said, oh, this was a different trip. He said, this trip I went uh, and took my wife on her dream trip uh, to Israel. And he's like, Pastor, have you ever been to Israel? You got to go to Israel. He gets home just a few days before what happened over there. And, uh, and you remember a few weeks ago, I told you that when we first met, he looked at me and he said, I don't know if you use this terminology, but he said, I'm looking at you surviving two transplants and all you've been through. And he said, I don't know if you use this kind of words, but he said, I'm looking at a miracle. Yeah. And I said, come on, somebody, I believe in miracles. Matter of fact, Scotty was with me sitting here on the front row. Scotty rode down with me that day because I thought I was going to just go for a meeting and then we we're going to drive back home. And Scotty came back home and I ended up staying that first week and started treatment right away. And uh, but so this young man gets this appointment for his mom and Dr. Minkoff says to her, we're going to treat this thing and we're going to believe with you. We're going to fill your body with every kind of good supplement. We're going to get you on the right nutrition. We're going to find out exactly what's the best battle to fight this uh, cancer you have. And we're going to believe that you're not only going to survive, but you're going to overcome. Yeah. See, that's the kind of doctors you need to go be talking to. And so she's going through this. The same day, there's another lady there 
who her and her husband had just retired, very wealthy couple, on a beautiful home in Santa Maria Island, on another home up in the mountains, and just sold their businesses, retired, was just ready to settle in for the good life. And, and uh, they had just finished building their home up in North Carolina, and they drove from uh, St. Pete area up to their home. And the day before they left, um, she went in for her annual uh, appointment, and uh, the next day they arrive in North Carolina, she gets a phone call from her doctor, and he's in a very serious mindset, and he says, um, where are you? I need you in my office tomorrow. And she said, oh, doc, we're, we just got to our home in North Carolina, we're going to be here for a few weeks. And he said, no, 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 you got to be in my office tomorrow. He said, we got a bad report, and I'm not willing to talk about it on the phone. How many of you don't want to hear that from a doctor over the phone when you got a 12-hour drive? back to the town. Anyhow, she was, um, they drove back the next day. She was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer that had already metastasized into her bones and her liver and given no hope by traditional meds. And Doc said the same thing to her that he said to our other friend. He said, doesn't matter if it's stage one, stage four, we're going to attack this thing. And we're going to do everything because your body was created to heal itself. Come on, somebody. We serve an amazing God. We serve a God that intricately created you in his likeness and in his image. And it doesn't matter how bad things are. It can be corrected if you're willing to fight the good fight and do some hard things in our, in our society today. Because you pretty much have to pretty much changed the way you live. And I want this whole message to be positive, but I will say this one thing to all of my precious family that, like me, have mostly spent your whole life addicted to sugar. Sugar is the feeder of cancer. It is the friend of cancer. Matter of fact, the way they're treating me is mind-boggling. Because I have been now completely for the last 12 weeks off of sugar. You don't realize it or not, I've lost 22 pounds. And I'm not dieting. <laughs> I'm eating meat and vegetables, which I love, and fruit, which is sweet. I love fruit. Thank you, Jesus, for watermelon. Lord, let it just extend throughout the whole season, not just a few months. Because, man, our taste buds, we love sweet. Amen? Come on, be honest. And can I just take a, a minute and, and explain to you how they're treating me? Because it's, it's very interesting. You know, for four years I've been on traditional chemo, which they pump your body full of chemo and they hope that it goes in and kills all the bad stuff. But the problem is it kills the good stuff too. And so your body is fighting because you're, you're, you got the bad stuff being attacked, but your good stuff inside your body is also being attacked. So you got to, if, if you don't, you know, start eating right, getting your nutrition right, getting your supplements in your body, getting off things that are not healthy for you, um, and getting, you know, on, on that which is healthy for you, um, just most people are not going to survive. 
So this particular treatment that I'm going through was founded in 1937 by a doctor in Mexico when his wife was dying of cancer. And he started researching and realizing that traditional medicine, traditional chemo, she would not live. And so he uh, researched and came up with this system and, and his wife not only survived, but she thrived and he lived and treated patients for another 20 years. The problem was he never really shared everything he had learned with the next generation. So when he died, it kind of went dormant for years. Am I right so far, Scotty? Then uh, years later, uh, some other doctors began to have the same concerns, began to research, and just like my doctor in Clearwater, Dr. Minkoff, his wife was diagnosed with something and he began, after being a regular, traditional medical doctor, big pharma, you know, pushing all the meds, he realized, you know, it wasn't just his wife, it was two other friends as well. Uh, they're not going to make it. And so he began to research, and all of uh, these developments had begun to happen. And there's a doctor in Greece who is a renowned oncologist who began to research and find uh, he would take all the chemo that's out there on the market, and instead of just, you know, force-feeding people with, with chemos that they hoped would work for this particular disease, trial and error, when they first started treating multiple myeloma, there was one drug that they used. And I think I told you all a couple years ago when my doctor was changing me from one to the other, he said, look, we're going to try this for a while. We're going to have you, you know, swallow these big old pills, and we're going to hope your body reacts to it. And we went along with it. We prayed. Many of you prayed every night, 6 o'clock, uh, over that big pill that I was dropping because of the, of the, uh, the power and the, the what? The potency. Thank you for that big word for me. Thank you, Hector, our man of many words. It was very potent. And just you remember the one little pill was, uh, I would take it for 21 days and take seven days off. And then, so every 21 days, I got a new prescription and a new bill for those 21 pills was $22,000. So this whole chemo treatment that I'm doing right now, which is a 10-week treatment, 10 days of chemo uh, with the doctors, the nurses, the meds, everything involved, uh, that total package deal uh, was just a little under $22,000 for 10 weeks of treatment. And some people say, wow, man, they should find a way to get that a little bit cheaper because there's no meds. There's, I mean, there's no insurance. There's no Medicare. There's no any of this stuff. It's just, you know, we have this. We will help you the best we can. But, you know, they have a huge staff. And so anyhow, the bottom line was this doctor in Greece um, created this formula, and so when Scotty and I were there um, 10 weeks or so ago, uh, Doc pricked my finger, he took some blood, he put it under the scope, he showed me my blood, and it, my blood looked bad. And he said, we're going to send your blood to Greece. It's going to take about three weeks to get it shipped there, the doctor will take it, and he's going to test your blood against 200 chemos that could possibly be used to fight your disease. 
And he said, we're going to come up with the best two or three chemos that grade out at 81% or above. And so they sent it off, and about two weeks and two days later, uh, Doc's nurse called me, Michelle. She said, your uh, results came back. They scheduled me to go in, and uh, they went through the chart with Suzanne. It was way above our head. (laughs) I mean, it was this thick of pages, every 200 different chemos this doctor tested my blood against. And there were three that came in testing or uh, came in above 81%. He said, these are the three chemos we're going to take. And he said, this is how we're going to do it. So the next week I get my appointment. I go in, I get a port put in my chest and uh, they put a catheter there and they go in and uh, we sit down and uh, there's a PA and a nurse there that takes care of us. And and she uh, puts an IV into uh, my port, into the catheter, and uh, they prick my finger and they find out what my blood sugar is. And then they shoot this bag full of insulin. And for about 30 minutes, my blood sugar drops from 107 or 113, 118, whatever it is. And, it dro- and, and they can't do anything with me until it drops below 50. And I have never had low blood sugar in my life, so wow. One minute you're sitting there talking, feeling good, and the next minute, Suzanne can tell you, I mean, I start sweating. It's just, it, it, it is just the weirdest sensation. And so they keep pricking your finger, they keep drawing blood, they keep uh, testing it, and then once it goes under 50, then uh, they immediately uh, begin to process and they put steroids in the bag and they get the chemos ready. The three different chemos are there and uh, she's waiting to put them in. And as soon as she starts, uh, by then, you're just, you, you just can't hardly even function. And Suzanne starts force feeding me uh, juice and sweets and chocolate and everything that you never supposed to eat, uh, they, they let you eat. So, man, I've been going by and getting Chick-fil-A and, and uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich with uh, honey butter on it, you know, a couple pieces of chocolate. One lady brings her chocolate cake in. We, everything's sweet, and, and you're so excited about it until you start eating it. Then you feel like crap. Excuse the terminology, but that's just how you feel. So... They make me drink a whole bottle of really sweet juice. And then if my blood sugar dropped really quick, then they make me drink a second one before they let me start. And the minute uh, the sugar begins to go into your body, this is what happens. It immediately, the cancer cells that are left in your body immediately go nuts. And they start just pursuing the sugar. And so the sugar's going into the bloodstream, the, the The disease cells, my multiple, not mine, uh, the devil's multiple myeloma cells uh, start attacking the sugar and then immediately they hit it with the chemo. And the chemo attacks the cell that's attacking the sugar. So it's like Pac-Man, king-size Pac-Man, and Big Daddy Pac-Man. And it just starts attacking and then immediately as you begin to eat, all of a sudden your blood sugar begins to come back up and you start coming back to feeling somewhat normal. Um, And then you 
go rest because your body's got to recover. It has just gone through something incredibly dramatic. Now, I've had five of these, and I have five left starting this Wednesday. And can I just tell us that in the midst of all this, God has not forsaken me. God is good. His mercy endures forever. His love is everlasting. His goodness is beyond anything you and I can imagine. So no matter what you're going through, you have your battle, I have mine. Suzanne has hers, Ron has his. Everybody's got their own battle. And in the middle of our battles, we need to continually remind ourselves how good and faithful and awesome our God is. We don't just come to church when everything's good and go, woo, God is good because everything's good. No, no, in the midst of things being bad, God is still good. And he's faithful. And he's kind. And he's gentle. And his love manifested. That's why we need each other so much, the body of Christ. Because you know what? Sometimes when, a while ago when Franco was speaking, I ran back to go to the bathroom. And sorry to have to tell you all that, but I, I drink tons of fluids right now. So as soon as I finish, I'll be running that way again. But, but so I, I run back to the bathroom, wash my hands, come out. Jamie's standing back there waiting to come back in. And, and he immediately wraps his arms around me and begins to pray. Man, we need each other. See, when you're by yourself out there, you're isolated. You ain't nobody hugging you. And nobody wrapping their arms around you and praying for you. And even though most of you cannot see me without asking the question, how are you? <laughs> it just comes out, doesn't it? You try, to, you try to reel it back in, it's too late. It's already out there. What do you want pastor to say to you? Woo, I'm doing great feel like crap, but I'm doing great. No, there, there's sometimes that there, there's no how are you. There's sometimes you just need somebody to wrap their arms around you and love you, pray for you. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I support you. You're coming through this. God's going to win this battle in your life. You're going to overcome. You're not going to be overcome by the enemy. You're going to win this battle. Don't give up. Don't quit. We need those kind of people. We need those kind of doctors in our life. Amen? We need those kind of nurses in our life. We need to use wisdom. And we need to not forsake the assembling of the saints. Verse what? One thing I have asked of the Lord, oh, I love this verse, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life including Sundays when we gather and first Wednesday nights when we gather and when our connect group gathers to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You see, if we're not here, we can't inquire in his temple. That's why we need to be faithful to the house of God. I don't have time to preach that message again. You've heard it a few hundred times. The longer you walk with God, the more you got to remind yourself don't let your riches, don't let the need, don't, don't deceive yourself to think you need 13 vacations a year out of the house of God. Because you might get to a point one day and face a battle like I did where you have to be out of church, then you're going to regret. 
You're going to be sitting at home watching online. And can I tell you, as great as y'all were last week, worship was awesome and good. Man, the word was great. I want to thank Pastor Ron and Pastor Jamie for the last three weeks stepping up at the last minute. I know Ron always complains about it, but I know he also uh, is always ready. And I told him that's why I pay him the big bucks. And, uh, but... Uh, him and, and Jamie have always been faithful at the last minute. And yesterday was a battle all day long. I, I just would not say out of my mouth. I, I was not going to confess to my wife, honey, I, I don't. I mean, yesterday was a rough day. I was nauseated all day. I was fatigued. And, and I just kept going, I got to go to church. I just got to go to church. I just need to be at church. I don't need to pass out on stage, but I do need to be in church. Even if you're going to pass out, this would be a good place to pass out, man. You have several hundred people with their hands stretched out praying over you, amen? But we need to be faithful to the house of God. And, we now, and some of us got to return to our first love. We got, we got to return to that place where we remember what it was like when we were lost on our way to hell. And God reached down in his infinite wisdom and mercy and grace and goodness and saved you out of a lifestyle of eternal damnation. We need to remind ourselves he's a good and faithful God. And the longer we walk with God, the more the enemy uses little things to kind of convince us that, oh, it's okay. It's all right. When it's not. Because there is something about being together and not waiting till a tragedy happens or a bad report happens. Now I'm going to go back and get faithful again. Oh, you're going to find yourself in a difficult place. We need to be faithful. Verse 5, for he, thank you, Ozzy, for he will hide me in a shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies. The enemy of cancer, the enemy of a bad marriage, the enemy of bad finances, the enemy of bad things happening in your life, the Lord will lift you up above your enemies. Woo! And I will offer in his tent Jamie exhorted us this morning with that. Sometimes you got to sing louder and higher. <laughs> Why? Because singing louder and higher is going to do something? Yes, it does. It breaks a stronghold. Worship like this is not worship. You won't be, if, when you make it to heaven... <laughs> You won't be worshiping with your hands in your pocket. I think for a long time, you're going to be flat on your face in front of Almighty God. Going, I could be in hell. You know, there's a reason the Lord's going to wipe away the tears. Because some of us are going to remember people that we really loved. And we're going to look around. Anybody seen? Anybody seen? Has anybody seen my mama? Has anybody seen my daddy? Anybody seen my son? Anybody, anybody, his name is anybody. I can't imagine celebrating in heaven with the pain of the loss of someone you love. That's why I pray over my 10 grandchildren every day. Lord, don't let my grandkids be deceived by the evil one. I don't want to lose one of my grandkids. I don't want to lose my great-grandkids. In the bosom of my grandkids, 
there is an army of great-grandkids. George Nathan Brantley, one day, is going to, have, going to be a daddy. And his kids are going to be his dad's grandchildren. They're going to be my great-grandkids. And I'm believing for a heritage. I'm believing heaven's going to be swamped with Brantleys. I'm sorry, y'all just have to get out of the way. Smiths, Jones, y'all. This one's the Brantleys. That's what I'm believing for. Accepting nothing less. You got to fight the good fight. You got to battle for our children because in this day and age, all hell's out to destroy our children. Uses all kinds of things from iPads to iPhones to friends that aren't friends. Speaking wickedness and evil. We have to remind our children of the goodness of God. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face, and my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God, of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. But listen to these last two verses. But I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to look. I'm going to open up my eyes. I'm looking around. For what? For the goodness of God. In the middle of the battle, where's the goodness of God? In the middle of the struggle I'm going through, where is the goodness of God? If you will look, you will find it. He will reveal and show himself as the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We are reminded, and I want to encourage you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through. I said to someone Friday that I ran into that family is here in our church this morning, and he's a doctor here in town. And we, we haven't seen each other in, in years. And he used to play basketball with a whole bunch of us 33 years ago, 35 years ago. We had a whole group of us. We were young back then, and our boys were little, and we would go over on Sunday afternoon to one of the local middle schools, and we'd play ball for hours. And some of these doctors from some of the hospitals uh, came out and played with us. And so I ran into this guy, and, and I said to him, hey, your sister is looking really good. And what came out of his mouth was, yeah, but it's because she's going through this battle. I know. She's going through a battle, but in the middle of it, her countenance shows the goodness of God. Her countenance shows where her faith is. Might be going through a battle, but she is overcoming. She's walking out. She's reminding herself. In the middle of the battle, she's saying, my God is well able. And she sits in this room this morning. And I am thankful that even though an unsaved 
relative can't see it. God sees it. Amen? And, and as she and as we remind ourselves, we wait on the Lord. We don't lose hope. We don't allow fear in. We fight the good fight of faith with courage. We surround ourselves with mighty men and women of God who know how to hold up our arms, lift us up, stand with us, pray for us, fight with us. We shall overcome. Titus chapter 1, I'm going to close. With one minute and 11 seconds left, I'm going to read Titus chapter 1, verse 11. That's pretty cool right there. Actually, I'm going to read verse 4. I was going to read you the whole chapter, but I don't have time. But listen to this, verse 4, Titus writes, But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of of the Holy Spirit when he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I close with this. Everything good that's going on in our life is because of Jesus Christ. Not because of our righteousness. We're righteous because he's righteous. We're, we're righteous because we receive joint heir with Christ Jesus who paid the ultimate price so that we could look in the mirror and say, good morning, righteous man of God. Good morning, righteous woman of God. Good morning. Speak into yourself because of what Jesus did for you and I. This morning, if you're sitting in this room and you do not know Jesus to be your Lord and Savior of your life, maybe you know religion, maybe you've been around enough to know the stories and the stuff, but I'm talking about a very personal relationship with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. Today, I want you to know Jesus loves you. Jesus brought you to this place today for you to hear of his love for you, to be encouraged. If you're watching online and you don't know the Lord, if you're listening by a podcast and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what are you waiting for? Life's short. You don't know if today's it for you. And it's not enough to be religious. It's not enough to go to church. You need to confess Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. You need to invite him in to do for you what he already did. And that was he died on a cross so that his blood could be shed. So you could be forgiven of all of your sins. Not a few of them, not some of them. All of them, past, present, future. He paid a price, and he loves you. Would you just bow your head for just a moment? Believers, would you pray? If you're sitting in this room today, and you don't have that personal relationship that I'm talking about with the, with the Lord who loves you and died for you, not for everybody else, he died for you. He's knocking at your heart's door, and he's wanting you to invite him in. He's wanting to show his love to you. He's wanting to reveal his love to you. All you have to do is pray a prayer, invite him in, confess your sin, acknowledge it, denounce it, 
and ask him to be Lord of your life. And Jesus will become today the Lord of your life. So across this congregation, heads are bowed, believers are praying for you. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, right where you're seated, would you just lift up your hand and hold it and let me recognize it in just a moment. I'm going to lead you right where you're seated in a prayer. We're going to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. If that's you, would you lift up your hand? Let me acknowledge it. Let me stand with you this morning. Let me be in agreement. Maybe you're watching online. We can't see your hand. But you need Jesus. Man, hallelujah then. I'm rejoicing that everybody in here is saved. Everybody here is ready to meet their maker today. If that were the case, we rejoice. But I want to lead you in a prayer for anybody that's watching online, anybody that's listening by podcast. Let's pray this simple prayer. Pray it out loud with me. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your willingness to come to die on the cross for our sins. Ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. Redeem me. I confess you to be Lord of my life. And I choose this day to serve you all the rest of the days of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, even in this room, and you meant it, just tell someone. Confess it. You can come to one of the pastors at the end or the ministry. Here in just a moment, tell somebody Jesus today became Lord of my life. I want to invite you to stand, prayer team. I'd like to invite you to come to the front for a moment. There's a spirit of faith in this room today. If you're going through a struggle, a battle, a difficulty, a medical issue, a financial issue, a marital issue, a relational issue, the Lord is here and we're standing in agreement with you. Remember, if you want to give in the seed offering, you need to do it quickly. They're going to do the count in just a moment and give me a number, and I'm going to share it. But before we do, we're going to take a moment or two here just to pray over you. Jamie and the worship team is going to lead us in worship. Would you just lift your hands right where you stand this morning? Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up our hands in a place of surrender to you, the living God, the great I am. You are our healer, our deliverer, our savior, our redeemer. We're thankful today that when we come together, that whatever our need is, that we have the ability to stand in agreement with someone else in faith, having someone stand with us and pray with us and believing, Father, that whatever it is, it's going to be met today through Jesus Christ. So right now, as we open up these altars, Father, touch lives, heal hearts, restore marriages, Restore faith. Restore life. We give you all praise and honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you have need, come on down. It's Jamie and the worship team. Lead us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.